Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Bring us in, babe, with the coffee going in the background. Welcome to Coco Coco Caliente. Caliente. All right, go ahead. You were telling me about a documentary. Um, yeah, so it's about sleep, and it was exercising before Wait, bed. one second. Oh, that's not doing anything? Huh? I have, like, the left and right thing on, but I don't think it's connected to anything, so it's not making any noise, so I think we're good. No, you leave that on sometimes, and I just have to freaking, uh, not Just off. extra work? Yes. Okay, cool. You so go ahead. You always give me extra work. Go ahead about the documentary. This is not that interesting. I didn't want to have to share it with everybody because they're like, this is lame info, but you just said how you're going to work off your coffee tonight. I'm gonna, yes, I'm going to work your out. Coffee. I'm going to run and I'm going to get rid of well, that. Well, yeah. people say like, oh, you're not supposed to work out before bed, but really, as long as it's like two hours before bed, it's really good sleep medication. It does. Uh, the only My only caveat to that for people, especially if you're running... I'd say over, I mean, any, any running, but if you're running over like half an hour or something like that, where you're getting a lot of sweat, you know, and you're draining a lot of fluids, you don't want to run and like shower and go to bed dehydrated, Mm -hmm. right? So make sure you get all your fluids in before you go to bed. Yeah, that that two hour break that you need, your body needs it to calm your heart rate to come back down. Yeah. That's what it said. It also said that alcohol really doesn't help you sleep. It's a sedative. But you should only have one drink per hour <laughs> and have like a couple hours before you go to bed. Do you, um, know, do you know why they say one drink per hour? Because your body can process it. In an hour, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so because you don't get any, that's his coffee. I'm so excited for that coffee. He, it, you don't get REM sleep if you're on alcohol. Which I've been doing, and I don't know if I said this before, I've been doing something that I call May I Be Sober. <laughs> And it's been great. I enjoy not having uh, a hangover. I enjoy feeling better. I've lost like 10 pounds. I mean, I'm also exercising, but... You've always exercised. Not having... Well, I've been exercising more if you've noticed lately. No, I haven't noticed. What? That's a a nut punch. No, you run every single day. Like, what's more than every day? (laughs) (laughs) Well, some days I try to run every day. Other days I go to the gym when I can. Um, but no, it's, it's honestly, it's been good and it saved my wallet. It saved my body. Um, and it's nice. I mean, the hardest are like the first, I guess, 
I'd say like the first three times you go out to eat with people where you would normally have a beer or mm-hmm. something or over somebody's house on a weekend, you know, where you would normally have a beer and just hang out. I think that's the hardest. But now I don't even think about it, honestly. <laughs> you can ask, right? And, and- yeah, I know he's doing awesome. I'm just chuckling because it's going to be nine months sober <laughs> <laughs> and then, like when I'm breastfeeding, however many months, so another year, and then I'll probably get pregnant again. So it's like I'm sober for the rest of my life. Well, no, but you know what I mean, though. For 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 that's a that, I miss having a drink here and there. I get that. I, I guess I that. don't really miss it because I didn't like drinking, but I I miss like the social part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, if I have a mocktail, it does the same thing. But we still. I guess what I'm getting at is I it's not that I couldn't have a good time before it's that it was just part of having a good time right yeah. like you join those two things together and mm-hmm. it's like oh I'm going to have a good time let me grab this beer and now they're one thing right it's Yeah uh, now you're having a good time without alcohol Exactly now it's like me working out right to work out I have pre-workout and mm-hmm. I like my pre-workout cuz mm-hmm. it makes me work out better but now those two things are fused together I will never have pre-workout unless I'm exercising Right You know what I mean I see. So now that I've taken out alcohol and I've gotten used to it Mm-hmm. Now it's honestly great because I still have a good time and I go home and I don't have to go through the process of, all right, now I got to drink these two liters of water, eat some food, take my yeah. vitamins, liquid IV, like go through that whole process so yeah, I don't feel, I feel like, like crap you the got next like day. the sniffles a lot after, even if you just had one or two beers, I feel like for you, yeah. you were still like had a runny nose and stuff mm-hmm. all the time. I don't know what it was, but now um, you've <sighs> been doing awesome and it's almost the end of the month and I'm like in shock that you've done it. Nicole's like, let's start with just the weekend first. That's what I said. <laughs> Can you make it past the weekend? <laughs> no, but that's been good. And and the summer has been awesome. I had I set up a pool day for Nicole outside because yeah. she was saying that she wanted to dip her feet in water, have a little pool and hang out. And so she was out doing a garage sale and I set that up for her and it was it was fun. We we, it's really cute. we had a good time. We so. had like a water fight like back when we were like fourteen, like He's 16 and I'm 14 and I got a crush on him. Aww. And um, we, the hose got involved and everything. Yeah, it was cold. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I got him way better than he got me. I felt like a little bad how good I got him. Um, and then I went to go take off and sprint and I forgot I was like 30 weeks pregnant. I was like, I cannot run. <laughs> I'm slow. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. Well, anyway, switching gears, uh, you know... Nicole's pregnant. We're having a baby, and what more fitting than I don't know if you guys ever heard what a doula is, but you're gonna learn what that is today because we're having Elizabeth Joy uh, on the podcast. She has her own podcast called Miraculous. Mur- How do you say miraculous? Yeah, miraculous okay. mamas. Yes. Sometimes I don't pronounce things correctly. <laughs> I say them in my head. <laughs> so we're gonna have her on our podcast, and actually, she's gonna have us on her podcast. So we're doing like a little flip-flop there, but we mm-hmm. hope you guys enjoy this episode. Hello? Hey, can you hear us? Yes, we can. Okay, cool. So we got Liz and Vito on the line? Yes. Let's talk to them like they're in third person. <laughs> <laughs> um. Is Liz and Vito there out there? Vito's here. I, just Vito's said, I didn't know Vito was there and I just didn't know how to start it. Um, and do you prefer Elizabeth or Liz? Uh, Liz is fine. Okay. And Vito, do you prefer Veet 
Veto? <laughs> Veto? Yeah, I mean, either way works for me. All right, well, good. Well, thank you guys so much for being on the show. I'm Victor. I don't know if you guys knew that, but that's the other half, Nicole's better half. Um, <laughs> um, but no, thank you guys for being on the show with us today. Um, interesting. It's not interesting. It's great to have you guys because you guys are parents and we're going to be new parents. And you, Elizabeth, specifically, you're a, you're a doula, correct? Yes. Yes, I am. Okay. So can you explain it to me, uh, a layman person who doesn't know <laughs> what that is specifically, right? Before today or before we got the invite to do this, uh, uh, set this up, I I had no idea what that was. So explain it to me in simple terms. Yeah. So a doula is someone that you hire when you're pregnant and we help you formulate a birth plan and just kind of help you, like if you have any questions throughout your pregnancy. And then when you go into labor, we're going to meet you at your home or at the hospital um, depending on how far you are in your labor. And we are just equipped with tools and knowledge um, to help the mama with physical comfort. Um, so different uh, comfort techniques, laboring positions, um, informational support. So if the doctor's like, hey, we need to try this other thing, uh, we have a lot of information on that to help you make informed decisions throughout the process and then provide emotional support. Uh, We also help kind of bond the couple together. A lot of dads might not know what to do to help. So we kind of give you a job um, and, and put you to work if you want to. Some people like to sit back uh, and some people want to be hands-on. And if you want to be hands-on, then it's like, hey, why don't you give her some pressure here or help her with this thing right now? Um, and then we're there throughout the whole labor and delivery until after, and then kind of check on you postpartum. So, uh, we like to say that doulas are just kind of that constant because your doctors are busy, your nurses are busy. They're all awesome at their jobs. Um, but they have other patients to go see and to check on as well. So we're kind of that constant person that's going to be there with you throughout the entire process. So how does, how does that work now with like COVID going on? Um, a lot of places are only allowing, say, like one person in there. Do they, since you're a doula, do you, do they, can you still have like... Do you, you have like a VIP pass? <laughs> yeah. Is a backstage pass that you have? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I do where I work. Fortunately, um, I'm actually employed at a hospital, so we're considered staff. Oh, okay. oh wow. That's yeah, awesome. but. But when COVID actually started, we were not allowed because we weren't considered essential staff. Mm. So for several months, we weren't allowed in the hospitals. Now, a lot of hospitals, in at least in our area, we live outside Chicago. So a lot of the hospitals here are allowing one person with you and then a doula if you can prove certification. Cool. So um, yeah, it depends on where you're at. But I mean, if you're not allowed anyone, you can kind of you can maybe get some virtual support mm-hmm. or your, or just have your, you know, your husband try to learn as much as they can so that they can help you out as much as possible. I wonder in our area, I mean, we live in a tiny village of 800 people, but I don't know of anyone who yeah, is how, a, I guess, I guess, I guess to that, how prevalent are doulas? Yeah. Like, is that, is, is that a thing that it's, it's emerging? It's been around for a long time. Like what's the history behind that? And like, where are they today with it? 
Um, I'm going to jump in really quick. Yeah. Are you guys planning on having a doula? Or uh, you I mean, uh, I, this is, I'm very interested after hearing <laughs> what, cause <laughs> because I feel like someone to advocate for me when I'm in yeah. pain and stuff would be nice. <laughs> so Victor, I'm, I was like you when I met Liz, I was like, Oh, doula. Cool. And in the back of my head, I'm like, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> yeah. I, I've never heard of that word in my life. And every time she'd explain it to me, I'd be like, okay, I get it intellectually. But we had a doula, and the words, no words can describe how essential doulas are in the birthing process. Um, our doula was, <clears throat> it's, I, I figured she would have to have had trained for a marathon to do what she was doing with Liz, with the, the physical support, like doing hip squeezes or mm. just like move, helping maneuver her around. And then she actually got me more involved. Yeah. And I felt like such a better partner because for me, like I need to help and to see the pain that Liz was going through and feeling absolutely helpless. Our doula was like, hey, Vito, do this or like, hey, hold her this way or like, you know, push on these points. And uh, I was able to be a much better partner and feel like a part of the, the experience. Mm-hmm. But I, I can't I can't speak highly enough, at least of our doula. But mm-hmm. I would imagine Liz is the same. I haven't seen her work. <laughs> <laughs> she- um, but yeah, it is it is something that people are kind of learning more about. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I started doing it, most people had no idea. I mean, I started doing it in 2012, and no one knew what a doula was. And even now that people know more about it, I think it's around about six percent of birthing people use a doula. So it's still very, very low. Mm-hmm. Um, however, there are some programs and initiatives to get more doulas out there. I know like even in the state of New York, Medicaid is covering doulas because oh. having a doula present is protecting those moms mm-hmm. uh, who are dying at higher rates in some of the lower income hospitals there. So they're they, they realize the importance of doulas. Some insurance companies are covering them because when you have one present, you're 28% less likely to get a C-section. You're less likely to have other interventions. You're more likely to favor your experience. Um, and so insurance are recognizing, hey, it's cheaper for us to cover a doula than it is to cover some of these other things. Um, so I always tell people to check with your insurance to see if they'll cover it for you. That's yeah, and because I was seeing in some of the information that we we got about you that it in the U.S. it's it's not as I mean, there's other countries ahead of us that might not be in the same income bracket that we are <laughs> in terms of like earnings and stuff, like a rich quote unquote country. Um, that we still have these issues in the hospital that we might not, or you wouldn't think that we have, like what's the science Mm -hmm. behind that in terms of like with laboring issues? Yeah. So for out of all the high income nations, the United States has the highest maternal death rate. It's actually higher now than it was 20 years ago. Um, and you would think, like you said, and being this, this nation that we have, like we have the best emergency care, you break your leg, you go to the emergency room, you're going to be fine. Or you have some other crazy thing. Like our emergency care in the United States is one of the top, Mm -hmm. but when it comes to how we treat pregnant women, um, and women in labor and birth, it's it's really unacceptable in a lot of places. And what it boils down to these high numbers, a lot of it is in um, lower income areas, but it comes down to not being listened to, not being heard. 
um, when something goes wrong. You hear these stories over and over of someone who is like, after they give birth, they're like, hey, something's not right. And the nurse is like, oh, you're fine, you're fine. And then they ended up hemorrhaging and dying because they were not listened to. Mm -hmm. Um, You see it a lot more in minority communities. When you look at the statistics, Black women are four to five times more likely to die than white women in labor and birth. And a lot of those are in the heavily Black communities where where the care isn't as great. And then the access to better care isn't affordable or covered by insurance. So, um, I mean, the issues go pretty deep and it's just like sometimes really hard to figure out how do we change things but it's even just having conversations like this and letting people know you have the right to advocate for yourself in labor and delivery you if you're not being listened to like make bigger noise ask for the hospitalist you can ask to see the hospital chaplain um even if you're not religious the chaplain can come and advocate for you um getting your partner to be informed and and stuff like that just to to know that you have rights in labor and delivery. When do you, like if someone wants a doula, how early are they supposed to make that decision? Do you start building a rapport with them like right from the get-go or could it be like I'm 31 weeks? So is that something that I could do and I would be, you know, on the same page as everyone else? Yeah. So I would say actually most people hire doulas right around where you're at. It's usually beginning of third trimester, um, I would say is when most people do. I've been hired the week before someone gave birth. (laughs) Um, They gave birth early and we hadn't even met in person. Like we had a phone conversation and that was it. And um, I think we were supposed to meet the next week, but she called me and she's like, I'm in labor. I'm like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Uh, And then, I mean, I've been hired at the beginning, especially for like repeat clients. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. if I was at their last birth and then they got pregnant again, they're like, Hey, guess what? I'm pregnant again. You know? So, um, (laughs) so they, they've hired me right at the beginning, but you can honestly, up until the end, you can hire somebody. So it's, Um, there's no, there's no right or wrong. Um, if you want to try to like start to build that relationship too, then yeah, right where you're at is a perfect time. Have you ever had to, sorry, Victor, I keep cutting. No, go ahead. You're good. Have you ever, um, I have a couple, have you ever had to travel far or do you just really work in that hospital or in the Chicago area? Um, so the furthest that I've traveled is about an hour. Um, right. And even where I'm at now, um, being at the hospital when I'm on call, we have an hour to get to the birth Mm -hmm. just because you have to like, I have to drop my daughter off at my Mm mother-in-law's make sure that, you know, they have everything that they need. Um, and since birth is so unpredictable, uh, it's hard to, to plan for. I think when you have your first baby, for the most part, labor isn't just the super quick, crazy thing. So mm-hmm. a doula might have a little more time to get to where you're at. Um, but there are like some instances uh, where people just have really quick, spontaneous labors. And in that case, then they might miss the birth if you're if they live kind of far away. Right. Um, Or if you have a history of that, you might not want to hire a doula that's further away. Yeah. And for, I guess, if they're in labor for 46 hours, then you're with them the entire time. And do you stay with them? Um, Like you said, a mom might say, hey, something's not right. And they might be hemorrhaging. Do you stay with them after to advocate? Or 
do you leave usually like right after birth? Um, so usually we hang out for like a couple of hours Mm -hmm. and then at that point you want to kind of get in that good family time. Mm -hmm. Um, you kind of start to feel like a third wheel hanging out there. (laughs) (laughs) Mom and dad want to like, just stare at their baby. And, um, but it also, I mean, every birth is different. Mm -hmm. If, um, if it was a C-section, then, you know, meeting the partner in recovery and helping them do skin to skin and then waiting for you and making sure that you have everything you need. Um, but usually after a couple hours you head home, um, so we, if something were to happen later on, uh, a doula is usually not there. Mm, okay. Okay. That makes sense. And you've been doing this close to 10 years now, right? Yeah, close. Wow. And so how, how did you come upon this, right? Like, did you just one day see that or be part of it or somehow heard of it and like, oh, you know what? I want to be a doula now. Like, how did that happen? Yeah. Um, I feel like I... I didn't know what it was until my sister had a baby. Um, My sister had a crazy story. Uh, Her, she got pregnant. Her health insurance mixed up her records with somebody else's and she and her husband changed health insurances. And it showed that she had all these pre-existing conditions. So the health insurance wouldn't accept her. And having a baby in a hospital is really expensive. Mm -hmm. So they started looking at other options and they found a home birth midwife. And they decided to go that route. So that was my nephew's 13. That was the first time I saw a birth, a home birth, experiencing all of that. And it was so mind-blowing to me. Uh, and And it made me start to become curious about it. And that was the first time I had heard of anyone really doing that and about doulas. Um, and I knew I wanted to be a part of that experience, but midwifery wasn't ever really a calling or an option for me. Um, and so I did some research on doulas and the more I started having friends have babies and hear their crazy stories and wanting to be that, helping them be informed so that they could advocate, um, well, because at the time I was living in Las Vegas, which has a 40% C-section rate. It's one of the highest in the country. So I had, that's like almost half a birth. Yeah, that's crazy. And so I had so many friends ending up in C-sections and I'm like, this is crazy. Yeah, like you said, crazy. Like they're like, why? And a lot of the reasons, like when you actually look at the evidence, aren't even real reasons for doing it. It's more like, hey, we think that, you know, the baby might be too big. So we're just going to schedule a C-section. Oh, yeah, I mean, even, even in our daughter's birth, the the nurse came, not rushing in, but she was, she came in kind of quickly and was like, Hey, do you see this? And they were kind of talking medical terms. And, the, and our our midwife actually was the one who kind of kicked her out of the room. And after the, the birth, I was like, what was that all about? And she's like, oh, they wanted to do a C-section. Uh, and I was like, was I go, was, was there something wrong? Did we like, did we be way too risky here? And she's like, no. And they explained to me what, what they were looking at. But they, you know, it seems to be that any indication of, some sort of leading to distress. They just want to go to a cesarean mm-hmm. where um, having a doula and in our case, the, the midwife we, we knew personally was was great for advocacy. And to back what Liz was saying, um, I find myself very easy to be confrontational when I need to be. Mm-hmm. But for some reason in a hospital, you kind of just listen to doctors 
Yeah. And having our doula there, because we, we had a birth plan and some nurses will look at birth plans like, oh, great. Uh, but they were asking questions about the birth plan and our doula actually spoke up and was like, no, this is what they want. Like, quit trying to change their mind, you know? Yeah. Um, I found myself being like, oh, maybe we should change our mind. And but because I'm not in the hospital setting a lot. And our doula was like, listen, this is what we're shooting for. So move on. You know, so it was really, it was nice to have someone there who can really speak up and, and advocate for you. Yeah. It makes me think too, like, because I feel like the risk of having a C-section is high. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But it seems like opening somebody up and basically having a surgery not only increases the risk of something going wrong, but also is a lot more expensive than having a traditional birth. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't done any research. That's just armchair expert type. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it is for sure. It is major abdominal surgery. I was reading the statistics um, today, and I don't remember the exact number in the United States, but I know in Canada, it's the number one surgery performed every year, our cesareans. So it's a very common surgery. So doctors do it all the time. They know what they're doing. Um, For the most part, they're pretty safe, but it is a major abdominal surgery and recovering from a major abdominal surgery with a new baby is not easy. And then postpartum moms aren't really given the care they need to care for themselves in order to heal Mm -hmm. while learning to be a mom. Yeah, that, yeah, that because that's the first thing I think about. And I'm not saying hospitals are money hungry, but it also has to be more expensive too, you know. Oh yeah, it's much more expensive. <laughs> so I, I just I can't I can't. So were you with uh, when you were going through this process where you were learning about this stuff and becoming? Were you in veto together at that point? Um, no. So we, um, I was a doula before I met him, um, but it wasn't until after I moved to Chicago he. I feel like he's my better half for sure. How you're like saying that at the beginning about Nicole. (laughs) Um, And it was really hard for me to find like what I was passionate about. And I had kind of gone around on a lot of different things. Like I was a doula back in 2012, but I never fully pursued it till after um, he and I met long distance, started dating. I moved to Chicago and then we ended up getting married. But after I moved here and he just really supported me and pushed me to, um, to go back through and redo my certification. And I really like, that's really what I'm passionate about. So, um, he was with me when I was going through my certification after I moved here. And, um, and then once I got this job at the hospital and everything like that, so he's, he's been around through it. (laughs) (laughs) That's really cool. And Vito, if you don't mind me asking, I, I, well, I, I kind of stalked your Instagram a little bit just because you were going to be on the episode. But it said you're a, a concrete laborer. Is that is that right? Yeah, we. I, my my dad started a concrete company 30 years ago. That's it's a family business. So we do we do concrete work. So what what does that include? Is it is it like pavements and driveways, or is it like statues, or or what, what yeah, type of stuff? Oh do man, do? statues. I'm not a sculptor, but yeah, <laughs> uh, they, we'll do like parking lots and and uh, driveways and patios and and drive up ramps or you know big staircases, whatever. It's not exciting work, but it's it's rewarding. Hey, but it's a family business. Or is it going to be handed down to you? Is that is that the plan? Are you going to take over? Yeah, we're sort of uh forcing the takeover. My dad's he's been working a, a long time and and uh he likes to work, but 
He's getting old. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool. That's one of those things that also like if you ever want to do something to your house mm-hmm. at a driveway or a patio or something, like oh, yeah. you're saving so much money by knowing oh, how to yeah. do it yourself. I cannot imagine. Yeah, because my dad, he did that for 31 years and then... Um, yeah, he, he did re- road construction. He yeah, knows how to do concrete and all yeah, that. So he poured himself like they have in their um, acreage. They poured themselves a camping site of concrete... Um, well, it's fire just, pit, just like whatever. I wish, I wish I could just be able to say, you know what? I'm just going to pour a slab back here and uh, a basketball. Yeah. It, it's, a basketball court. It's definitely nice. I mean, people will drive by and be like, "Man, you guys have a concrete jungle here." Because we did, we did the works. I mean, when you would use like retaining wall block, we we did concrete and we did like decorative concrete, so it looks like mm-hmm. the you know retaining wall block, and it, it's a lot cheaper. That's for sure. <laughs> and do you have? I mean, this is just. I'm I'm just curious because because this is something you do and you you seem like you're a younger guy and you probably have a bunch of friends in that area. You've been living in Chicago. Do you mm-hmm. get your friends all the time asking, "Hey man, so, you know, I was thinking about getting this uh slab <laughs> done at the house or driveway or do they bug yeah. you?" <laughs> yeah, we'll get it. Actually, a, a, most of my friends are also in in the trades, so oh. we kind of all help each other out. Like my cousin's a an electrician so he helps you know me at my house my other buddy's a, a home builder so we we all you know we scratch each other's backs that's and, awesome oh what a yeah. heck of a friend group you're just missing I know, I know. <laughs> oh yeah we've been friends since the second grade it's it's funny people are always like don't understand that it's the four it's the four or five of us who've been friends since second grade and i'm like i just don't have time to find new friends and i'm like <laughs> I, I don't know if I would choose these guys if I met them today, <laughs> but because we've been through so much and, you know, we've built our lives together, it's, you know, it's really nice. It's just an extension of family. So and it's there cool. has to be a, there has to be a cost of entry to that friend group too, because the benefits <laughs> yeah. are outweighing what a new friend can bring to that group. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've had some people who hung around for a little bit, but you know, there's nobody, nobody that stays yeah. like these guys. <laughs> well, that's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. Where, uh, so, uh, Elizabeth, where can people find you? I know you have you have a podcast, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, my podcast is Miraculous Mamas. Um, there's the Miraculous Mamas Instagram as well. Um, and then my personal Instagram is E Sandoz. And what do you guys talk about on your podcast? Because I know we are going to be guests on your podcast here shortly. But what, yes. what normally are the topics that you have and like, who do you bring on and what can people expect from your podcast? Yeah. So we have, um, we just believe in empowering people through storytelling and education. So it's mostly focused on uh, trying to conceive birth, postpartum, uh, a lot of different experts. We have everything from neuroscientists talking about brain development upon conception to just fun birth stories. And uh, it's been awesome to be able to just learn and grow because I feel like I every single person that you interview, you learn something. And you guys know that from having your own podcast yep, too. Absolutely. Um, so it's just so much fun to learn and grow. And also, um, Vito and I have a fun podcast called the Long Haul Podcast. That's like our couples one, similar to you guys. But um, oh. we, you know, we have our faithful few it's followers. It's nowhere near yeah, as, nowhere as, near. as, as organized <laughs> as yours. Is. Ours is very off the cuff. It's like we just put our daughter down. We're in our underwear and we're, you know, like just basically venting to each other about the. 
Yeah, it's like a weekly date night. We don't have any guests on, but um, we get like really real on there about different different stuff. Well, that's so fun. Uh, yeah, that's really awesome. Yeah. That's one of the reasons Nicole and I wanted to do a podcast so we can be in our underwear while we do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was it was cool too because I was like, it'd be cool if we had almost like a time capsule for our kids. Mm-hmm. To know us now, you know, because like when you yeah. think back to when you're one, you don't know what your parents were like, but how cool would it be to be able to like hear them or see them when they were young and just having kids? And, you know, so that's, I, I, that's what I'm most excited about. I couldn't agree with you more. That's one of those things that every now and then, you know, because a podcast is work, right? Elizabeth can attest mm-hmm. and both we can too. Um, and you now, Vito, um, mm-hmm. it, it's one of those things where, you know, it, it it is great, but sometimes it's like, oh, I got a podcast today, right? So mm-hmm. uh, I do think about that sometimes. You, now we have this catalog of over 100 mm-hmm. episodes where whenever I pass on, you know, our kids or great-grandkids or whatever can listen to us now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And kind of be like, oh, wow, that's cool. That was our, you know, that's great-grandpa or whatever and great-grandma. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Yeah. I totally agree. It is cool. <laughs> uh, one thing about Liz's podcast, so it's, I'm sure your listeners are like 99% women, yeah. Yeah. but I'll, I'll, I'll listen to support her. And I find myself every episode being so engaged and like, I can't believe this. Or, oh, oh my gosh, that, you know, like it's so interesting. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, like as a man, I'm like, I don't know why I'm finding so much value in this because it's about birthing and like breastfeeding and stuff. But I was like, did you hear what that lady said about breast milk? Like, that's insane. That's awesome. Yeah. You, it's nice that you, you always leave with like some type of education that yeah. you didn't necessarily know you were even like looking for or could know. I don't know. I That's the kind of podcast I like to listen to. Not like the... Um, gossipy ones, but the ones that I'll leave with, oh, that was really valuable. That you want to tell somebody else what yeah, you just like, learned. That's yeah. oh, a huge, huge amounts of value. And mm-hmm. then Miraculous Mama's one, yeah, for sure. Well, that's awesome. Well, thank you guys both so much for, for joining us today. And uh, we're we're looking forward to speaking with you here shortly on yes. your podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You guys got to ask us all the questions and now now we get to interview you. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. We'll talk to you again soon. Okay, bye. Bye. That was a really cool episode. Elizabeth and Vito are awesome. And yeah. right when we finished our podcast, we hopped over to our computer, did the Zoom, and then we had our podcast with them. And it was cool to see them in person. Yeah, it was. I want to start doing videos, I think. Yeah, we definitely interact better that way. It brings me back to like when we were doing them in person, person. I know. That's the best. And you kind of really vibe off of them and you're not, you know, mm-hmm. you're not, there's not those audio glitches and stuff, but I don't know. But you should think about getting a, a, a bola. Bu- <laughs> bu- <laughs> Dula. Dula. Bula. I don't Dula. know. Dula. Dula. I don't know why I think. Bula. Bula doesn't mean anything in Spanish? No, it doesn't. Bula. Yeah, I think you're thinking of abuela. I am. <laughs> which is grandma. Yeah. Um, I do. I do want a doula. I really do. And I'm going to look into it. Switching gears here. Do you have a weird or normal for us today? You do. I weird. Know. Or? Normal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I usually just say or. Weird. Or. Or. There we go. <laughs> so is it is it weird to be a water snob? I didn't used to be a water snob, and now I am a water snob. So, and, and I only ask is because, 
it's it's no surprise if you remotely follow my social media and you might not and you might never care to but I at least once a month I post about Essentia Water because we partner with them and this is not an ad right now I 100% unequivocally this is not an ad um, but a few years ago I think it's three years ago Nicole heard about Essentia Water she tried it and she's like, oh, this is really good. I want to buy it. It's like so, so she, good. Like you try it and it just tastes like some water that you've never had before. And so she bought a bunch of cases of it and I was like, well. And it's expensive. Yeah. I mean, well, it's not crazy expensive, but it's just not, it's not Dasani. Aquafi- it's not Aquafina. Yeah, exactly. It's not cheap water, right? Because it's actually really good water. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so we reached out and now for the better part of three years, mm-hmm. they've been our partner, right? We've been with them. So... Now, anytime I go anywhere, I always take one. I take two to work with me every day. I drink at least three or four of them a day. And if we go to a restaurant or something, drinking their tap water is like... I can't. I drink soda water. I literally have to drink soda water because I'm so stuck on Essentia. Yeah, the flavor. I just love it. I don't know what it is, but I'm obsessed with it. And even if we weren't sponsored or or partnered with them, I would still buy it. Like It's worth whatever extra it costs compared to getting other waters because it's just i think it's so much better for you too um the ph level and everything like that yeah it's ionized water has Mm -hmm. a 9.5 ph or higher i'm looking at it right now because i got it in my hand because i drink it all the time and it's crazy because even like at the gym the fountain that they have i'll i'll force that water down when i'm really thirsty and i ran out of this but it just doesn't do it for me like it just tastes bad all other Mm -hmm. water tastes bad and that's horrible because I don't know what will ever happen uh, down the line. But right now... It doesn't even like smart water and all that doesn't compare. It's weird because even like well, I think- superior waters... There was that test that I think I saw on YouTube like three years ago when I started... When I was like, man, I'm really obsessed with this water. And then I looked to see if it like was really that good. And with the pH strips, it was. It was the best. And I was like, there was one other one with like a glass bottle or something. But I was uh, like, Mountain Valley, but it's weird like how that. you can taste it. It's uh, and and other people might feel this way about the water that they drink right, too. Right, right, And that's all like I want to know. Yeah, if you drink Fiji, or even if you like, what you might be somebody Aquafina. that likes Dasani or Aquafina. Yeah. I just want to know if being a water snob, like you're used to your water. Yeah, used to your water and any other water, because somebody might be like, "Oh, I don't like Essentia," right? Because that just doesn't fit their palate, right? You just never know. No way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's possible either. So I like it so much that at work sometimes I'll bring a case of water just so the guys can try it and i've slowly seen at the different places that i go to i just see randomly somebody and i haven't brought it in in like months or whatever and they have an essentia in their hand right and and this is this happens unequivocally in any group of thing people Mm -hmm. or whatever that i go to even our friends who come over we give them an essentia water and And now they're you'll see them they're hooked essentia it's just I don't know. This doesn't. This didn't. This sounds to like be, an ad. <laughs> it wasn't meant to be a rant about essential water. I'm just curious, and you guys let me know. Like, put it in our uh, podcast Instagram page. Leave a DM or a comment or something. Are you a water snob, and is that normal? Right, because I know I am. I know Nicole is, and we've become this way. I didn't used to be. Um, but so now, now I'm I two things. I'm a soap snob and a water snob and a pasta snob. And a pasta snob. Yeah, she's a pasta snob. And that's a conversation for another day. It is. But thank you guys uh, for listening today. We hope you learned something new. 
We hope you took something away from this. Uh, please give us ideas for Weird Normal and for uh, future guests. Yeah, sometimes you guys give me some weirder normals, but you're just not that weird. You need to get weirder. Yeah, be get dig into that weirdness in you that you're like, I do this at home. That like you don't want to even admit that you do because we won't say names. No, we won't say names. Like, just but also, give it to us because more people might do it than you think. They always do. You're never the only one. Yeah, exactly. So please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. The easiest way is on the little purple app on your iPhone, Apple Podcasts, or you can just go to Apple Podcasts online. And you can listen to this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. Tell your friends, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. And you can always go to www.cococalientepodcast.com. And you can also check out our merchandise there. Please don't forget to follow us at Coco Caliente Podcast on Instagram and at Coco Caliente Pod on Twitter. Thank you. If you want to be the most interesting person at the cocktail party, well, hop on over and listen to the Brain Candy Podcast. Our award-winning content will have you laughing while you're learning. We read all the best articles, books, and studies, and keep up with new TV shows, documentaries, and pop culture. And then we cram it all into two shows a week. Conspiracy theories, cannibal rabbits, unsolved mysteries, the history of the Walkman. There's something for everyone. The Brain Candy Podcast. Find our link in the show notes. Or simply search for the Brain Candy Podcast on on your podcast app.